let's start. Here we go. Introducing Rabbi Evan Hoffman, coming to us from New Rochelle, New York, uh, with your Friday Nishkola on our Sunday night shear. Uh, it's not Parsha and Pizza. In fact, it's going to be Kaddish to Rabbanin. Yes. Okay, take it away, Rabbi Hoffman. Okay, so I, I like to joke that there are two patron saints in Judaism. The patron saint of the mourner is Rabbi Hananya ben Akasha, and the patron saint of the Hecha Kedusha is John Bon Jovi, halfway there living on a prayer. So uh, the question for tonight is, what is the origin of reciting Rabbi Hananya ben Akasha in connection with the recitation of Kaddish the Rabbonon at the, either at the end of a, a, a piece of learning, or even just randomly in the synagogue for the sake of reciting the Kaddish, which seems to be almost a, a, a trick or a scheme, but yet people do it all the time. So first, let's look at what is Rabbi Hanani ben Akash's statement. Then, what else do we know about him? Just then, start yes. that, is, is Kaddish, the regular Kaddish, well-established and, and everyone understands it, and this is like an addition to that? Kaddish is not well established in the Gemara. There are stray sources in about four or five different Masechtas about the existence of Kaddish, but its role in the service, in the synagogue service, is very much uh, elusive. We don't we don't know too much from the Gemara alone about it. From the Gaonim, it becomes more solidified, and then in the Rambam Seder Hatzfilah, it's pretty well established by then. Kaddish the Rabbanon is another type of Kaddish that may be in the context of Tefillah B'Tzibur, but also not necessarily. So, let's take a look. Rabbi Hanan ben Akash's statement originally appears in Masach Makos, chapter 3, Mishnah 16. I sent the, do you have the source sheet on the uh, available? I no, sent it to you. I just got it now. Okay, so it's the final Mishnah, the last Mishnah in Masach Makot. It should be noted that many of the Masechtot, both of the Mishnah and of the Gemara, at least the Bavli, end with some kind of favorable statement, some positive, comforting statement, a message of Nechama. And Makos is no fits this pattern. So what does Hanani ben Akashi say? The Almighty wanted to zakot Israel to give merit to the people of Israel. Therefore, he increased upon them Torah and commandments. As it says in the pasuk in Yeshaya forty-two, God wished. Uh, for the sake of uh, intensifying their righteousness, Yadil Torah Yadir, he will grow the Torah and make it glorious. Okay, so the um, the idea that God wants to give Israel an opportunity to have much merit and therefore gave an abundant uh, Torah, a, a mitzvah-laden Torah, is not itself such an obvious point. Because after all, you could think of other reasons why the Torah has a, a, a plethora of commandments, a, you know, a, a heap, a burden of commandments. One argument is they're all morally necessary. In other words, like the world has to have them. Not that Israel needs to become uh, uh, filled with merit by them, but rather the world would be a bad place without them, that they serve utilitarian purpose. Alternatively, you could say, that the goal was not to give people an opportunity for zechut, but rather simply a matter of nisayon, a matter of testing, testing their loyalty, whatever it might be, or an opportunity to fail. After all, 
How many people are successful in the observance of mitzvot and how many people stumble in the observance of mitzvot? It's in fact much more likely that the person will not get the job done and will thereby be laden with the uh, yuvim or averot, zedonot, pishaim, whatever you want to call it, rather than zechuyot. Okay, so to, to, to answer that basic question, the Rambam in his commentary in the Mishnayis has a nice answer. I like this answer. I'm not saying it's the correct answer, but I, I like the answer. From one of the principles of faith, if a person does one of the 613 commandments, as is appropriate to be done, and in the right way, and he doesn't uh, combine the act of mitzvah with some other uh, sort of nefarious intention, some other tavana, uh, which was shalom l'shem shemayim, rather he does it for the right reasons, out of love. Behold, that person will thereby merit the world to come. Therefore, lachain, Amar Rabbi Chananya, ki machmat ribu ha-mitzvah, si yavshar shalom yasa adam achat b'chol yamei chayav, b'shtaymut v'yizkev al-ashwad ha-nefesh, b'to ha-maseh. So basically what the Rambam is saying is that if Tanani ben Akashi is saying, there are so many mitzvahs out there that it's got to be that every last one of you, at some point in your lifetime, had a mitzvah, at least one mitzvah, that you did for the right reasons with the with the shleimus, with the right kavanis, and no uh, ulterior motive, and that by that mitzvah you're going to get chayolam haba. Now, why is it that this is a reasonable interpretation of uh, this particular mitzvah, or this particular uh, statement of Hanan Akasha? Because remember, the whole point is reciting something that uh, well. At least in the context of Perkyovus, which is not its original location, but where it eventually ends up. And at the end of every parak of Perkyovus, we say Khanan ben Akasha. The beginning of the, of the parak is everybody has a portion in the world to come. Well, how'd they get that portion? Were they really all that good? So the rabbi would argue, hey, you, you all have so many opportunities to do the, the one good thing the the right way for the right reasons, you'll get Chayolam Haba that, that way. Okay, it's a nice interpretation of Hananiah and Akasha. By the way, there are other interpretations of Hananiah. So, for example, Rashi, and quoted by the Bartanura, says that Hirbalam Torah mitzvos means there are many mitzvos that you, we know you're going to do because you would never think of violating them since you don't really even want to violate them. Like what? Like who eats blood? And who eats chalev? Do you really want to eat chalev? I don't want to eat chalev. You know, when you when you go to the restaurant and they have the, the fat around the steak, you, you 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 trim the fat and eat the steak. Who's eating chalev? Who's drinking blood? Oh, so so for that matter, who's eating dead lizards? You know, shkatsim v'ramasim. So so the Bartanura says, "Kegon parsha shkatsim v'ramasim la'basachel kashem b'deil mehem afpishal b'lav hachilay alkanasam shnafshol dem katzman." Nobody wants to eat these things, and yet you get credit for not eating them. That's that's kind of Akasha's God gave us a lot of mitzvahs. You th- you like that answer? Or you don't like that answer? What do you say, Bruce? I thought the Rambam gave an answer that um, there's enough mitzvahs that improve people's character or various things that make the person a better person. But there's uh-huh. so many other mitzvahs that seemingly <clears throat> don't, or apparently don't. 
that maybe that Kabbalistic answer, you know, like it repairs something. We don't know what, but we don't have to know what. Right. We don't have to know what if you no, take that no. approach. It just repairs something. Uh, or okay. or or it's not meant to be all inclusive. Like yeah, it's almost yeah. like a pit. I mean, we don't we don't we don't hold that way, but here's a whole list of stuff. Pick the ones you like. Uh-huh. That, that's the okay. board theory of Judaism. That's like the, that, the non-orthodox approach. That. We don't do that, but I would like that one. I mean, yeah. Okay. Now Eliyahu Zuta offers a more expanded version of Hanania's statement. That includes not one citation from the from the Tanakh, but two citations from the Tanakh. And I bet you never saw this one before. So it says, Now that's Vayikra chapter 22, verse 31. So th- that Pasuk is a Torah Pasuk, not from the Nevi'im, from Yeshaya, like Hashem Chafetz Lamansiko, and the idea here is you shall do the commandments, you shall safeguard the commandments and do them. I am the Lord your God. Uh, why is he quoting that pasuk to say that God gave us a surplus of commandments in order for us to increase our merit? I'm not really sure, but I guess there was a desire for a Torah verse rather than a from the Nevi'im to to confirm that the Ribbonah Shalom in, in the Torah itself is giving the Torah for the sake of aggrandizing our Zuchuyo. Okay, now, what else do we know about Hananiah? He appears almost nowhere else in the whole Shas. He appears in one other place where it says that uh, regarding where on the Mizbeach, or on the ramp of the Mizbeach, the various limbs of the Korban Tamid were placed uh, before they were put all the way to the top. So some random nugget of information in the laws of Hilchas Tamidin Musafim about the Mizbeach is quoted in the Mechanan Ben Otherwise, nothing. Silence. Is there anyone else named Ben Akashia who ha- is quoted in the, in the Shas? The answer is yes. Shimon Ben Akashia is quoted a lot, actually. Presumably it's his brother. Um, and is quoted for halachic statements, uh, not for agadic statements. So it, it it could be that Hanana ben Akasha was a sage, but not a, a leading figure in the realm of the law, just a, a moralist, you know, an agadist, a darshan. And he is mem- remembered for that purpose, darshanut, and agadita, which is connected with the statement of Ratzakadosh Baruch Okay, now let's go to the first time we see that Hanania's statement appears in the liturgy. In the liturgy, in other words, it's one thing for it to appear as a Mishnah and Makkas. And if you learn Makkas, you learn you learn the statement. But liturgy is something that is recited by the Hamonam, the masses, on a regular basis, on a recurring basis. So where's the first time we find it? So the answer is it's in the Seder Rav Amram Gon. So it's a pretty early work in the Gon period, and it's in the Seder Ma'amados. What are the Ma'amados? So the Ma'amados were the the people who davened over the Korbanos. Um, but, you know, it was, even though the temple was destroyed, the Seder Ma'amados was continued among some people who liked to do a, like a very extensive liturgy. And what do we find here? Rabbi Hanani ben Shomer, okay, and then, Enkelokenu, Enkadonenu, Aratahu Moshienu. So, Hanani's statement was connected to Enkelokenu, 
like at the end of davening, that kind of stuff. Okay, Hananiah made it into the davening. Made it into the davening. Good. What about Rabban and Kaddish? We haven't even mentioned Rabban and Kaddish. So the origins of Rabban and Kaddish are found in the Gemara Masech de Sota 49a. The, the Gemara asks, Alma Amai Kamakayin, how does the world sustain itself? How does the world survive? And the answer, it's given by Rava. The world survives because of the Kedusha that is recited with the Seder. Okay, now the Kedusha de Sidra is the Kedusha of Uvalitzion, uh, where you, you have not only the Kadosh, 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 but also the Aramaic interpretation. And so on and so forth. So that's the Kedusha de Sidra. What's the Yeheshme Rabba de Agadita? The Kaddish that is recited after the public study of Agadita, non legalistic portions of Torah learning. Let's look at the Rashi. The Rashi is very critical here. Rashi says, Seder Kedusha, Shalotiknua Elishiu Koyisol Oskin Batorbachol Yom Davamuat, Shalmer Kriyasum and Tergumu. So the two things that God wants are Torah study and Kedusha Sashem, the sanctification of the divine name. Where do you have this? You have this in the Kedusha Yisidra. Why? Because the Oilam, the Oilam is not yeshiva educated. Most Jews, they don't learn Torah. They work, go to work every day. But at least they daven. And in the davening, we have sections of biblical text, which, if you also include their Aramaic translation, involves an element of Talmud Torah. So the Kedusha de Sidra is like this limited or primitive Talmud Torah for the Amaratsin who daven Shacharis every day in the shul. And so, all right, fine, they had a little Talmud Torah, and there was Kedusha Sashem. There was the sanctification of the divine name with Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. So that's why it's very beloved. That there was a, a drasha every Saturday afternoon, every Shabbos afternoon. The rabbi in the public, and everybody was there because it's not a day of work. So, what do you have? Torah learning because everybody's gathering. There's nobody, nobody working that day. And after the the, the, the learning is over, there's Yehesh Me Rabbah, and that's Kedusha Sashem, the sanctification of the divine name. So how does the world survive? The world means, how does how do the masses survive, or how do the masses give merit to the world that it should survive? By Talmud Torah, in whatever limited form that people can handle, and Kedusha Sashem, which is the Kadosh Kadosh Kadosh, or the Yehesh Me Rabbah. So that's Rabbah's theory. Now, Rashi mentions that there was a drasha every Shabbos afternoon. We know this from the Gemara that talks about how it was usher to learn Tanakh on Shabbos afternoon because they were afraid that if you learn Tanakh Shabbos afternoon, you wouldn't go to the rabbi's shir because the rabbi's shir would be halachic and boring and the Tanakh is exciting. So you, 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 no, it's true. We're talking about this that that uh, th- th- there's an awareness that people like narrative. And the Bible has plenty of good narratives. And it's also you know, you know, fairly understandable you know, Hebrew. Whereas the halachic shir is complex and people might not really follow along. So they prefer to absent themselves and just read the Bible. So they asked the Bible. So there's no haftorah at Minitha on Shabbos. There used to be one and then they got rid of it. Okay, so the Rambam 
in his Nusach HaKadosh, says the following. He says, Kadosh uh, de Rabbonon, so the Rambam is of the viewpoint, at least here in the Mishnah Torah, that if 10 people learn together any kind of Torah Shabbat, then after it's over, you say a Kaddish. It has nothing to do with there being a, an Ovel, a, a mourner present. The Ovel is irrelevant here. That's, this is not Kaddish Yosom. It's just Kaddish Rabbanon. And if 10 people learn Torah Shabbat, you, you, uh, you say it. By the way, what kind of learning within Torah Shabbat uh, requires a Kaddish at the end? Uh, is this only Agaratha? Is it only Halacha? Is it possibly either one? What does the Rabbah say here? He says... Even if it's Medrash or Haggadah. That implies what? Certainly if it's Halacha. Meaning, of course if it's Halacha, you say a Kaddish. And even if it's just a silly Agarata, you say the Halacha. You say the Kaddish. Like he's poo-pooing the Agarata as not as important as the Halacha. But even that, you'll say the Kaddish. Now, what is? how does that differ from what you've heard previously? What do you know already? And what am I going to say in about two minutes? When do we say Kaddish the Rabbana? After learning. Uh, after learning. I mean. Uh... So there, many people will, 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 will instinctively respond. Don't you say Kaddish the Rabbana only after Agadita? And isn't that why we say Rabbi Hanan and Akasha? So why does the Rambam say Anything, even Agarata, which implies, of course, Halacha. Okay, so that's going to be the question we have to address here. So let's go down to the Be'er Sheva. But the Be'er Sheva... That, uh, that Pasuk is an Agatic Pasuk. So that's why well, we can then say it's after an Agatic learning. Correct. So if you assume you require an Agatic passage at the end in order to justify the Kaddish, that's why we would be saying the Hananim Akasha. So let's now look at the Be'er Sheva. The Be'er Sheva is Rabbi Sacher Dov Eilenberg, who lived between 1550 and 1622, and was a disciple of the Lavush, was a not the early Bishonim, not the later Achronim, who all rely upon the Be'er Sheva. For whatever reason, the Be'er Sheva, not the most famous, but a pretty famous Mepharish and Shas, is the passage that addresses it. Okay. So he says like this. L'cha'ora, it would seem, I had nearly the Dafka, that we're talking about the Yeheshmei Rabbah of Agarita, in, in, in Rava's statement in the Gemara and Sota, refers specifically to Agarita. And not to halacha, okay, as opposed to halacha like dinim isvehetir and tumavatahara, that you would not say kaddish the rabbanon after halachic learning. Why? Because the hamonam, the masses, don't come to hear the halacha shir like they come to hear the agadat shir. 
as we find in a Gemara in Sota, Daf Mem. So there's a there's a famous passage in the Gemara in Daf Mem. Actually, it's on the source sheet. If you go down two sources to Sota Daf Mem, there's a story of Rabbi Abahu and Rabbi Chiyabar Abba. They were both visiting a certain town. Two visiting rabbis in the neighborhood. And each one's going to give a shear. Rabbi Abahu gave an Agadat to shear, and Rabbi Chia gave a Halacha shear. Everybody went to the Agadat to shear, almost nobody went to the Halacha shear. This happens. You have two rabbis in town, one guy gets 100 people, one guy gets three people. It's embarrassing. Okay? So the guy who got uh, uh, three people uh, was really embarrassed. And the guy who got 100 people said, Listen, I'll give you a parable to explain what happened. I'm a Shalacha what is this similar to? The Adam, two people are selling stuff. So one guy sells, you know, jewelry at the level of, of, of Rolex, and one guy sells watches at the level of uh, Swatch or Casio. So where is everybody going to buy their watches? At the Swatch store. Who's going to buy the Rolex? Nobody could afford it, so nobody went. In other words, you should be you should be comforted in the fact that you, the, the, the master of the halacha, who only had three people at the shear, because you're selling the high-level stuff. Nobody can handle that stuff. I was selling the junk, so everybody came to me. Is this true? It's a way of comforting the guy to make him feel better. But the point is that it's a story in the Gemara that shows how everybody was yearning to hear Agarita, hardly anybody was going to hear halacha. Okay, so that may be why Kaddish de Rabbonon, which is about glorifying the name of God in the Hamonam, the masses, would be appropriate only for Agarata and not for the Halacha. Okay, but then the problem is that the Rambam elsewhere had said that, uh, so, uh, so, so uh, what happened? So Be'er Sheva notices a stira in the Rambam. He notices that in, on the one hand, in the uh, in the Mishnah Torah, the Rambam implies that any kind of halachic learning or Torah Pel learning would warrant a, a Kaddish de Rabbanon. But elsewhere, in his, in his commentary on, on the Mishnah, on, uh, on Pirkei Avos, Perik Vav, the Rambam says that it's dafka for Agarita that you have such a Kaddish. So look in the, the second paragraph. Um where it says, Okay, so there's a Rambam in the Parish of Mishnayas that says the reason we have the Rabbi Hanan at the end of all the Prakim of Perkeovos is because Rabbi Hanan is Agadata, but the Mishnayas are Mishnayas. So you have to have the Agarata in order to, to say a Kaddish Rabban after the Mishnayas because you need Agarata. So the Be'er Sheva goes through a whole long story back and forth. You don't have to read it inside. Saying, there's a real, there's a real contradiction. And the only solution is to say that the Rambam never wrote this. Yeah. Now, it turns out he's right. The Rambam didn't write it. It turns out that the, the the commentary on the fifth parak of Pirke on the sixth parak of Pirkeovos by Rambam is not Rambam. And it's not surprising that it's not Rambam because there is no sixth parak of Pirkeovos. What is the sixth parak? It's a Bryce of the Kenyan Torah, which was added in this the printed Sidurim to Pirkeovos, but the real Pirkeovos is only five chapters. So who actually wrote this commentary? Rashi wrote it, but it was it was falsely ascribed to the Rambam. The later scholars figured that out. And all the, the critical editions they put in the footnote, this is not the Rambam. 
Okay, so the Rambam then was of the view you could have Kaddish the Rabbanon after any kind of Torah Shabbat Pell learning. Only Rashi and others in the, in the Ashkenazic world felt you needed to have uh, Agadita in order to justify the Kaddish. Okay, now, by the way, there's another problem with this Rashi uh, um, because, remember, to say that you need Agadita to justify the Kaddish after having learned Mishnayas, because Mishnayas is not a Gadata, but there's a real problem with that. Because Rabbi Hanani itself is a Mishnah. And moreover, Pirkei Avos is not Halacha. It's all essentially moralistic stuff, which is in the realm of Agadata. So the whole concept of, I gotta say this after this, because this is not good enough, seems totally wrong. All right. If that's all the case, then why did Rabbi Hanani ben Akasha get added after Pirkei Avos? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because Pirkei Avos is very scary and intimidating. You know, how many of us really live by every last line of Pirkei Avos? Very few of us. And if you could read it and think to myself, to yourself, I'm a failure. You know, I didn't do everything I was supposed to do. I wasn't down the cuffs close. I wouldn't do this. You know, so in order to keep people's spirits alive, we begin and end on a positive note. We begin with, Don't worry, you're not going to hell. Every, every Jew is going to heaven. And we end with, Don't worry, God gave us a lot of mitzvahs, but it was for our benefit. Not to, to have a stumble and to, to be failures, but rather, Okay, so, we're running out of time here, but I just want to just notice in the Machser Vitri and in the Rokeach, so we're talking Ashkenazic text from the 12th century. It says that we begin Pekeavos with Kol Yisrael, we end it with Rechanan Menekasha, and then in the Magen Avram, we find the following. Okay, so he, he notices that Rabbi Hanania is not the only example of appending some seemingly agaric passage to other types of learning. What's the other example? Amma Rabbi Elazar, Amma Rabbi Hanina, Tamidei Chachamim, Mabim Shalom Ba Olam, Altik Rabbanayich Ela Bonayich. That's another example of adding agarata after halachic learning, like Amemadlikin, or like Pitamaktores, because you want the Kaddish to Rabbanon, but it can't just be halachic matters. It's got to be moralistic and spiritual stuff. I got it. Done. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and, and the, the other sources just are later Ashkenazic Achronim, where Mishnebura, uh, Ber Halacha, confirm that yes, we prefer to have Agarata as the last thing recited before a Kaddish to Rabbanon. Among Sephardim, I don't know. I, I, I'm under the impression they're more makpid to do Kaddish uh, Rabbanon after every shear, even without the Agadita. In other words, just the, the shear ends, Kaddish. Uh, the Ashkenazim, they, they like to have the Agadita at the end. And by the Ashkenazim, it's more that it's a, it's like a Kaddish Yasom than it is the 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 the, the, the Magid Shir says the Kaddish. But among the the Taimanim, I know that the Magid Shir himself says the Kaddish. The Ashkenazim preserve that only at a Siyum, where the where the, where the Messiah, the guy who learned the whole thing, he says the Kaddish did Kharata. But otherwise, most Ashkenazic shuls, when the Shir is over and there's the or whatever it is, the Avelim are all saying the Kaddish. Now, the last thing I want to mention today 
is what about reciting Hanan ibn Akashia on its own just so you can have a Kaddish? Meaning, there was no learning. It's, it's, a, it's a bluff. There was no learning. But somebody missed the Kaddish and they want to get the so-called, they want to get the, get the Kaddish back with the Hanan ibn Akashia. So there are poskim who will be lenient. But if you look at the halachic literature, they don't really like this. You're not supposed to have too many Kaddishes, like superfluous, redundant ones. And just because the the liturgy, when done correctly with a minion, had a Kaddish there, like after a Yishmael Omer or something like that, and you missed it because there was no minion or you weren't physically present, does that justify reciting one later? Not really. But even though the postgame are on the whole against it, why does it actually happen? I'll tell you why it happens. Number one, because Avelim are obsessive over Kaddish. But more importantly, people have Rachmanus. We feel bad for the Avil, who himself is addicted to the Kaddish, so we supply the addiction with Hanan ben Akasha. All right. Questions? So when you have a million of people learning together, what do you do in, uh, in your show? Afterwards. So our our practice is that um, if we have a, a, a minion of people who are in the shul and we're learning, when it's over, I will have a Kaddish Dirabonim. If we have a group session of learning outside the, the, the sanctuary, not in the context of, uh, of Tfil B'Tzibur, then we usually don't. But uh, So this happens, the only time it happens is really between Mincha Marav um, and especially like Mincha Marav on a Shabbos or Yontif where there's no Shalashudas and we're all sitting in the, in the main sanctuary and I, I and I learn with them for a half hour and then we're done it's time to Davin Marav that's when there'll be a Kaddish Turabonan otherwise if it's like another room just after a regular weekly shear we don't have one we don't know Kaddish hmm. alright gentlemen on that note I wish you had to have a good week a Shiva Tov stay, stay safe yeah, and stay dry you. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. We didn't have a-